your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 593 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very special uh, preview for Game 5, which obviously occurs tonight, Wednesday night, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. New York Rangers have their season on the line. They trail three games to one in the series and must win this to stay alive and hopefully send the series back to Pittsburgh. Uh, so we're going to hit on a couple of uh, pregame notes here. We're going to talk about uh, some updates from the New York Ranger practice. They practiced on Tuesday. We're going to look at the history of the Rangers coming back from down three games to one in the playoffs. They've done it twice in the past decade, including once against this Pittsburgh Penguins team. Uh, So we'll talk about that in greater detail. I'm also going to talk about something that the Rangers must do in this series as much longer as it goes, however much longer it goes, they must do in this series as it pertains to Louis Domingue. And we're also going to talk about the decision to start Igor Shosturkin over Alex Georgiev. In fact, we're going to begin with that right here and right now. Jargaland after game four was asked about, you know, the goalie situation, you know, what the Rangers might look to do in game five. Obviously, Igor Shesterkin has been pulled out of both of the last two games in Pittsburgh. Uh, Game three was yanked in the first intermission. Game four yanked in the second intermission. And he obviously hasn't played well. And as we talked about in our last episode, uh, has gotten absolutely zero help to the point that I'm not sure any goalie in hockey could have possibly won game four the way that the Rangers were playing in their own zone. Uh, As far as Igor Shesterkin over Alex Yuryev in this game, look, I get the idea. I get maybe a little bit of a temptation to try to roll with Alex Yuryev. Obviously, he's played very well in relief in both of these uh, most recent two games here for the Rangers, both losses. Uh, In game three, Yuryev stepped in there, played the second and third period, stopped 19 shots out of 20 and only let in the one soft goal, which led to the Penguins winning the game, but stopped 19 of 20 shots, and then in game four, came in in relief in that game as well, and stopped 10 of 11 shots in that one. And so I get it, you know, I get where there's a little bit of a temptation here to maybe go with Alex Gioria, but I gotta be honest, to me, it's not something that I would consider all that, you know, strongly, because uh, I just think Igor Shesterkin gives you the best chance, and I realize he's basically, along with the entire Ranger team, been run out of the building in the last two games, but you look at what Igor Shesterkin has done this season, he has a Vesna winning type season to his credit. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. He basically leads the NHL in just about every re- relevant stat. He's come up with big-time performances against teams that can really put the puck in the net, such as these Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, look at what Igor Shesterkin did to them in the regular season. The Penguins scored just four total goals in the four regular season games. And I realize, look, that regular season feels like it happened about an eternity ago at this point. And obviously, Igor Shesterkin has to do better in the playoffs because, yeah, he hasn't got any help, but he himself also has to do better. I'm sure he'd be the the first one to tell you that, but I'm hoping, you know, maybe a little change of scenery here gets Igor Sisterkin, uh to round back into form a little bit because, 
Yeah, he was uh, shaky, certainly in games three and four. He was absolutely fantastic in both the games that were played inside Madison Square Garden in this series. In games one and two combined, uh, Igor Shesterkin made 118 saves on 124 shots. That's a save percentage of 951. Again, he was absolutely sensational, uh, did everything he could to, you know, give the Rangers a chance in both those games. And unfortunately, you know, the Rangers lost the first game in triple overtime. They won the second one. Uh, but then the disaster that was this two-game uh, trip to Pittsburgh. And just like that, you're in a three games to one hole. But he's still your guy. He's still your franchise goalie. And I just think that you owe it to Igor Shesterkin. Again, after everything he's done for you this season, how many times he's put the Rangers completely on his back, you owe him this game. You owe him a chance to go out there, try to get it right, try to be back in Madison Square Garden. He's got 18,000 people that have his back instead of, you know, 18,000 people that are against him. I think that's going to be good for him. I think that's going to be good for the Rangers. Hopefully they can feed off of this Madison Square Garden crowd. And let me also just say this. If you're going to game five, we got to hear you because I got to be completely honest here, guys, uh, and we'll get back to Igor in just a second. Quick tangent here. I think that the Penguins' home ice advantage was a little bit better than the Rangers' home ice advantage so far in this series. Uh, you had the Penguin fans, you know, doing the Igor chance. You know, game five here, if it's Louis Domingue in net for the Penguins, if the Rangers get an early goal against Louis Domingue, I better hear that entire arena going, Louis, Louis, or Crosby, Malk, and, you know, something. Give me something. Try to get inside their heads a little bit as well. The fans, you know, when you watch games one and two, they were very loud, you know, after the Rangers scored a goal. They were very loud at different points in the game. I don't know that they kept up the intensity quite as much as maybe they they could have. So if you're going to this game tonight, you got to get that place rocking. But back to Igor Shesterkin here. And again, you know, he has not played at his best. And this is a situation where I think the Rangers as a team, they owe this guy a 5-4 to four win in Game 5. If that's what it takes, if you have to score five goals to get the win and barely hold out the Penguins and keep this series alive and keep your season alive, then yeah, the New York Rangers, their skaters, they owe this guy a 5-4 to four win. Because look, Igor Shesterkin has not been at his best in Games 3 and Game 4. And again, this might be a situation where we can't expect him to go out there on Wednesday night tonight and post a 42 save shutout and the Rangers eat by with a one to nothing win. That might not be all that realistic. Now, maybe it is. Maybe Igor Shesterkin turns in the game of his life. But I think that the Rangers, they got to understand that their goalie is scuffling a little bit. He has saved their bacon more times than we can possibly count this season. It's time for the Rangers to return that favor and maybe steal a win for Igor Shesterkin. 6-5, 5-4, you know, 4-3, something like that. That might be how this game has to go. And the Rangers, it's not like asking the Rangers to score four goals or five goals or six goals is this impossible ask. The Rangers, once again, unless Tristan Jerry comes back, which I have not heard anything one or the other, the Rangers are up against Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue is a journeyman goalie. He has played just three total regular season games in the last two years combined. He's done okay in this series. He's made the saves when he's had to. But let's be honest here. This is not exactly prime Dominic Hasek that the Rangers are up against. So if the Rangers have to win this game 5-4, to four, if Igor still isn't at his best, and if the Rangers' defense still isn't at its best, then the Rangers just need to flat-out outscore this team. Turn the game into a track meet. Do whatever you got to do. Just flat-out outscore them. Get the puck by Louis DeBing. And we're going to talk more about that concept in just a second because, you know, in our last episode, I didn't really get to Louis DeMing all that much, but there's something that the Rangers can do against him uh, to give themselves a better chance to win this game, get back into the series. And we will get to that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock 
Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, as we talked about, something that I think the Rangers can do to make life a little bit tougher on Louis Domingue, get some traffic in front of the net. Get some guys driving hard to the net. You know, we talked quite a bit, obviously, after game one, the uh, the triple overtime loss that the Rangers had, the controversial no goal that came as a result of Capo Caco driving hard to the net and then passing from his stomach to Filipino. Filipino scores on the doorstep, goal is disallowed. Uh, we know what happened after that. But to me, you know, something else that kind of comes out of that play as a talking point is when have you seen the Rangers make a play like that in this game? The Rangers are not getting to the net. They're settling from for all these, uh, you know, shots from, you know, either the point or the boards or, you know, just low danger scoring areas on the ice. They're just not making it difficult enough. At some point, this is a battle of wills. You got to just force yourself to just keep driving to the net the way that Capo Caco did on that goal that was eventually uh, disallowed that was scored by Filipino. We just haven't seen any of that. We haven't seen the Rangers uh, driving hard in the net. We've seen them settle for fairly low percentage shot opportunities. And yeah, you know, Louis Domingue is somebody that has been mediocre at best for his career, but he's still an NHL goalie. He's going to make the saves on those plays. So I'd like to see a little bit more chaos in front of the Penguin net. Go for those screens. You know, the screens worked very well for the Rangers this season. Chris Kreider, uh, among other players, setting up shop in front of uh, the opposition's net. We saw the Rangers score a bunch of goals just by way of blocking the goalie's view. And we've seen Kreider uh, score some dirty goals, some tipping goals, some stuffing goals. We've seen the Rangers clean up uh, from the doorstep. There hasn't really been any goals like that in this series. We haven't seen the Rangers uh, really get a dirty goal in this series where there's just a scramble in front of the net and they stuff one in. We need a goal like that in this series. And again, that just comes down to willpower. You got to get there to the crease. You know, you're going to take a beating from the Penguin defensemen who are trying to move you out of there. But be that as it may, you just got to make it happen. You got to, once again, come up with one of these blue collar, dirty goals that we just have not seen the Rangers score so far in this series. The only time in this series where we saw some semblance of that was in game two, which of course is the only game that the Rangers won. We saw Chris Kreider uh, score on a deflection. He was positioned in front of Deming. We saw Ryan Strom do the same thing. A couple of tipping goals there that just came as a result of the Rangers creating havoc, creating chaos in front of Louis Deming and just setting up shop, you know, right there in the crease and just refusing to be moved out of there. We need to see more of that. You can't keep, uh, you know, taking shots from along the boards. And, you know, not to single out Adam Fox too much because uh, pretty much every single player on the Rangers has been guilty of this in this series, but Fox has passed up on some really good scoring opportunities. I believe it's now three times where he's had the puck 
and kind of moving toward the net into the high slot area. And you're getting ready for him to just rip a shot, you know, and he's got a good shot. I know he's kind of a pass first guy. He racks up the assists more so than the goals, but he's had a couple of chances to just let it fly. And there's been three times where he's had the puck in that area, kind of the high slot and still moving toward the net with some room to operate. And he's looked for the pass instead of the shot. In game four, and this was fairly early in game four when, you know, obviously the Rangers were still in the game. But again, you know, he gets a pass. He's moving right up the center of the ice. He's got basically the red carpet right to the net. I mean, there's some Penguins, you know, that are in the vicinity, but Fox has a good amount of room in front of him. And what does he do? He passes to his left to Artemi Panarin, who like has his back against the boards. You know, you pass on a high danger scoring opportunity to get the puck to somebody who's not really in a good spot at all to take the shot. And eventually on the shift, the Rangers work the puck back to Fox. In fact, I think Panarin ended up getting it right back to Fox. Fox was still kind of in that area in the high slot. And at that point, he tried to shoot. But by then, it was too late. The Penguins had converged on him, and Fox wasn't even really able to get much of a shot away. I think it got deflected wide by one of the defensemen. Um, but again, it's not all Adam Fox. The Rangers are passing up on too many good scoring opportunities. When you get the puck in a high-danger scoring opportunity near the Penguin net, you got to let it fly. You just have to. And don't give up a chance for yourself, a high-danger scoring opportunity to try to pass to your teammate who isn't even really in a great position to be shooting the puck. You know, just take the shot. Nobody's going to get mad at you, okay? You don't always have to look for the perfect play. Uh, again, just drive to the net, create some chaos in front of the net, and just make life a little bit more difficult on Louis Domingue. I mean, game four, Louis Domingue basically could have been drinking a beer in his blocker hand for the majority of that game. I mean, besides the Lafreniere goal in the first period, the Rangers just never tested him. And, you know, credit to Louis Domingue. It is a cool story if you're a Penguin fan, I suppose. This guy, you know, steps onto the ice in the playoffs and leads you to all these wins. But I don't think the Rangers have really tested him the way that they need to test him. And that all starts with the Rangers just creating a little bit of chaos in front of the net, making him a little bit uncomfortable in his crease because they certainly did not do that in game four. And really, for most of this series when Domingue has been playing, uh, they haven't really done it consistently in any of the other games either, with the possible exception uh, being game two when they did create some chaos and did score on a couple of deflections. Uh, we're going to keep talking about this matchup and talk about some uh, of the Ranger history of coming back from three games to one. Get into a couple other things as well, a couple updates from Tuesday's practice. We'll do that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so a couple of quick updates from New York Ranger practice on Tuesday. Gerard Gallant had them running gassers, and this is obviously going to be a hot-button topic on Ranger Twitter among, uh, you know, Ranger media members, Ranger fans. You know, 
at first glance, I don't like this. I realize that a message needs to be sent because the Rangers were just absolutely god-awful in Game 4. If this is the regular season, I am standing up and applauding this decision by Gerard Gallant. I mean, because this was just unacceptable how the Rangers played in Game 4. So I'm standing up and I'm saying, yeah, make them keep skating until their legs just give out and they, they literally cannot skate anymore. That's how bad the Rangers were in Game 4. But the fact that this is the playoffs and the Rangers are kind of up against it right now anyway... I don't know that this is the right decision. I mean, do you really want to be running these guys into the ground before they have to play a do-or-die game five uh, against the Penguins the following night? I'm not so sure that's the way to go. And again, regular season, I got no issues with this whatsoever. Absolutely, you know, basically the scene from Miracle. Just just have that play. The, the Herb Brooks, uh, you know, again, again, again. He just made them keep skating and skating and skating after a lackluster performance in the preliminaries of the Olympics that year. You guys... Most of you probably know the story. Um, but again, I just don't know that the timing is right for this. I think the Rangers, you know, they need to be fresh uh, heading into game five, both mentally and physically. And I don't know. I mean, if the Rangers come out and they look slow tomorrow night and the Penguins are skating circles around them, uh, this is set up for a second guess. I will say, Gerard Glenn, there have been times this season where a lot of us have, you know, based on line combinations or whatever it might be, certain decisions that he's made where we kind of scratch our head and we're like, what is he doing? And then it turns to gold. And all of us have to eat crow. And a couple of us even admitted on Twitter the one time, because he made some line adjustments from one game to the next that didn't really make a lot of sense. And then everything paid off perfectly. Um, so maybe we have a situation like that where uh, he's kind of uh, just reinvigorating the team, making them skate hard, making sure that that's how they're skating in game five against the Penguins when their season is on the line. Only time's going to tell, but uh, he is really setting himself up for uh, a lot of second guessers, you know, making the team run gassers uh, the day before, I guess 36 hours or so before. I don't know, how many hours would that be? Probably about 30 hours or so uh, before the Rangers season is on the line. So we'll see how that all shakes out. The Rangers mostly went with the same line combinations at practice, but they were experimenting uh, in their top six. We had, uh, for a while, a couple of shifts at practice. Uh, the top line was Artemi Panarin moving up to the top line on the left wing, Mika Zibanejad still at center, and Chris Kreider moving from left wing to right wing on the top line. So they super stacked the top line. I know some of you guys, I've heard from you, you, you want to see Panarin and Mika Zibanejad on the top line together. Uh, the second line when this was happening was Lafreniere on the left wing, Strom on the right wing, Andrew Kopp on the right wing. So uh, this is according to a tweet, once again, from friend of the show, Vince Mercogliano. Uh, it does not mention the third line, but I can only assume Frank Vetrano was on the third line, along with Philip Hedl and Capo Caco, because I, I don't even know what you would do on the third line if that's not the trio. But I'm actually on board with this if the Rangers want to try this in Game 5. Look, Game four was a disaster. The Rangers didn't create any offense whatsoever. And the way the Sidney Crosby line is playing right now, Crosby, Gensel, and Russ, you have to do something to try to counteract that. And I think the Rangers, you know, if they throw out Zibanejad, Panarin, and Kreider, at least on paper, that trio should be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Crosby line. And... Again, sometimes you just need to shuffle the deck a little bit. The Rangers just uh, did not create enough offense really at all in the Pittsburgh series. If you take away the second period uh, from the two games played in Pittsburgh, the Rangers did basically nothing offensively. So I think a little bit of a shakeup maybe is in order. The other thing that this allows you to do, uh, I mentioned that Lafreniere now on the second line with Ryan Stroman and Andrew Kopp. That rewards Alexi Lafreniere, who's played very well in this series and gets him some top six minutes, which I don't think that's a bad thing either. 
So if the Rangers want to try this, if you want to roll the dice a little bit and you want to super stack the top line with Panarin, Mika, and Kreider, then go right ahead because you got to try to do something to create some offense and to kind of go punch for punch with that Sidney Crosby line as well. So again, the Rangers want to roll with this. I got no issues with it whatsoever. And then one other thing I want to talk about, the defense pairings are all still the same. Ryan Lindgren did not practice, which is unfortunate. We'll see if he's able to suit it up and gut it out for game five. That remains to be seen. Uh, but the defense pairings at practice were still the same. Ke'Andre Miller and Jacob Truba, Justin Braun and Adam Fox, and Patrick Nemeth and Braden Schneider. And I'm at the point, listen, I've at times this season thought that maybe Ranger fans were a little bit too tough on Patrick Nemeth, and there's times where I still do think that that was true, but Patrick Nemeth has been terrible through the first four games of this playoff series. I don't know how else to say it. He's taking penalties left and right. Most of them are completely unnecessary. He just can't quite seem to keep up with the speed of playoff hockey, and you know, the one thing that makes this tricky, if Ryan Lindgren can't go, first of all, let me just start there. If Ryan Lindgren can play in this game, then put him in there, and Patrick Nemeth absolutely has to be the odd man out. He has to be the healthy scratch. Justin Braun stays in and stays with Braden Schneider. But even if Ryan Lindgren cannot dress in this game, I'm up for giving Libor Hayek or Zach Jones a chance over Patrick Nemeth. And I realize it's a difficult situation to be in. The Rangers are down three games to one. Both those guys have no Stanley Cup playoff experience to their name, but... I mean, what, what's the downside of this at this point? Patrick Nemeth has been so bad in this series. Even if Libor Hayek or Zach Jones goes out there and their head is kind of spinning and they don't really play that well, well, Patrick Nemeth's not going to play well either. So what difference does it make? You know, maybe Libor Hayek goes out there and surprises you. Maybe Zach Jones goes out there and surprises you. And, you know, if Jones is the pick, then at least he's got a game of playoff experience under his belt going into next season, when hopefully he'll be one of the six guys for the New York Rangers when the playoffs roll around next year. And by no means when I say this, I'm not punting on this series. I'm not saying, well, the Rangers are down 3-1. to one. Just throw the kid out there and give him some playoff experience because who cares? We're not going to win this series. The Rangers can still win this series. It doesn't look very likely based on the way the games three and four have gone. But again, Igor Shosturkin, world-class goalie. I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that he rediscovers the touch here, that the Rangers certainly play a little bit better in front of him. They just get back to basics. I mean, the positive news here, the Rangers do have two of these three games at home, and I think they're just due to play a good game. I mean, they started so badly in game three and were just so bad for the entirety of game four. At some point, your pride is on the line here. You got to go out there and you got to bring it. You got to completely empty the tank and just say, you know what? We're not going down like that. So that gives me some hope for game five. But like I said, I would Go with one of the other defensemen over Patrick Nemeth, either Libor Hayek or Zach Jones. I don't think the Rangers are going to do that, which is unfortunate. So we all got to keep our fingers crossed for sure that Ryan Lindgren is able to dress for this game and uh, be out there with the Rangers season on the line. And as I mentioned in the intro, wanted to talk a little bit about the history of the Rangers coming back from three games to one in an NHL Stanley Cup playoff series. It's not like this is impossible and can't be done. We've seen teams do it in the past. We've seen the Rangers do it twice in the past decade. The thing that makes this so difficult, and you can check our last episode for this, but there's so many things that the Rangers need to clean up in such a short amount of time that it's very, very difficult to see them, you know, just doing this complete 180 in so many different facets of the game and you know, just storming back from three games to one down and reeling off three consecutive wins against a Pittsburgh Penguin team that is currently firing on all cylinders. But I will say this. Back in the day, 
you know, 2014-2015, the Rangers were down three games to one to this very same Pittsburgh Penguins team. They came back and won that series. The next season, 2015, they were down three games to one to the Washington Capitals. They came back and won that series. They've shown that it can be done. Now, granted, the only player left on the Rangers from those teams is Chris Kreider. And for the Penguins, I think it's just Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. I'd have to check the rosters to know for sure there. Um, but the bottom line is it's at least possible. And I will also say this. There was no goalie back then that I would rather have facing a 3-1 to series deficit than Henrik Lundqvist, and I'll say the same thing right now. Despite Igor Shosturkin's struggles in these past couple of games here, there's no goalie that I would want in the crease in the NHL more than Igor Shosturkin for this situation. Now, is it possible that the Penguins absolutely light him up again and chase him out of the third straight game? It's possible, but it's also possible that Igor comes back strong, stands on his head, and says, nah, we're not going down like this. We're not going down without a fight. We're getting back into this series, and I'm going to be the Igor Shosturkin that I've been all season. That's the big thing for me. The Rangers have to show more heart, more intensity, more desire, more competitiveness in this game. We can't see this team go down looking like a deer in headlights. You know, they have to bring the intensity, bring the passion into this game, and I think they will because, like I just said a second ago, at a certain point, your pride is on the line. I think the Rangers, based on how they've played in these last two games, their pride is on the line, and you got to think they're going to do everything they possibly can to empty the tank and try to keep their season alive. That's been who they've been all season, so I don't think the playoffs should be uh, really all that different. But obviously, fingers crossed that a different New York Ranger team shows up for this game tonight, and hopefully then, in episode 594, we're still talking about the Rangers' uh, playoff run here and not talking about uh, what the Rangers can look to do in the offseason or anything like that. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about everything that happens in Game 5 between the Rangers and Penguins. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.